This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's Sanctuary. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. And welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Oh my god, we are creeping up on number 100 quickly, ain't we? I know, it's so crazy to think how fast time has gone. Before we know it, our two-year anniversary is going to come up. Jesus. Where has time gone? Where has time gone? You know, it's weird. The other day I was looking at, like, our podcast. And then, you know. This one? Our, ours, yeah. This and very podcast. I, this very one. But then I look at other people's just to see, like, you know, like, where are we as far as milestones? Is Sniffing 100 out the pod- comp- competition? Well, they're not really our competition. They're just different in general. Okay. So it was just, like, how many, you know episodes do they have like is a hundred good like is a hundred like man that's right. a great milestone mm, not really joe rogan who you know i love i know you love has a thousand episodes but how long has he been doing it does he do it every day is it a week thing like what is his thing you know i'm not sure i usually catch him on tv i don't like usually check out like his podcast because i'm just there's just so much like to look into and just not enough time for it so i mean i would love to listen to a hundred podcasts but by the time i'm done with work and ours you know i'm already bleeding into the following weeks so you sure are you're running out of time did you look at anybody else's podcast to see like no not really just joe rogan just joe rogan's (laughs) (laughs) so by joe rogan standards we are just we're very small. We're potato. just a yeah, small yeah. potato, a tiny little half of a fingerling potato. Pretty much. But the good news is that the platform that we host our thing on, our podcast on, is actually going to stay in business so far because. Um, yes, you know, thank you, SoundCloud. Yeah, that was one of the things we were really nervous about. Like, what do we do with, you know, a hundred plus episodes going forward that just can just be turned off and disappear? They didn't care, and we wouldn't have had any say in it. But that is all water under the bridge, I hope, so... Apparently it is for now. So we'll see how that saga continues. We'll see how that cookie crumbles. But while we wait for that saga to continue, (laughs) why don't we go into a herd? This week's You Heard comes to us from 770 Broadway, where I, which was my home for about a year of my life here in New York City. And I overheard two people in the lunchroom say, you were the fat Drew Barrymore? <laughs> no, you were not. What is that even in reference to? They were talking about Drew Barrymore, and I guess the girl that I had overheard, like, I guess the girl said that she was, you know, she looked like a fat Drew Barrymore in high school. And this girl said, you were the fat Drew Barrymore. No, you were not. I can't even imagine Drew Barrymore fat. Like, Drew Barrymore is, like, perfect no matter what she does. Like, she's just so, she seems like she's just so fun. She's so carefree. Like, I hope that she's, like, the person that, like, I think she is. From like the movies that I've seen. From Charlie's Angels. I know exactly I love what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, I know I you you're thinking like, Angel. oh man, I hope Drew Barrymore is solving crimes and no, being funny and quirky. No, no, I love her in Charlie. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think she is super fucking cool in Charlie's Angels. I loved her, loved her, loved her in The Wedding Singer. I loved her in 51st Dates. I love her on Santa Clarita Diet. 
like she just like and she's just she just seems like a human like a normal human being she's a dog lover she's fun she's just like she just she just seems like an awesome person Mm. all right well that's my story and i'm gonna stick to it and it's my segment and i can say what i want all right that's this week's you heard before y'all i could tell that like your wheels are turning you got a comment so thanks for listening to this week's you heard Thank you for cutting me off, douchebaggery. You're welcome. And I don't even care anymore. All right. So why don't we move on since that actually was a good tie-in to what this week's show is about. See, I know how to do some things, Tom. Sometimes. I'm good at a segue, we call that in the journalism business. Uh, sometimes. I feel like sometimes you're like, oh, and here's my quote, and then you do it, and I'm like, wait, what are we doing the show on? Because that sounded sometimes it doesn't nothing need to go- like... Sometimes it, it's just the mood. When the mood strikes me, sometimes I just like to throw a curveball at you. Well, I love getting balls thrown at me. I know you, know. you do. <laughs> Good Lord. So this week we have a little bit of a list kind of show that I'm very excited about. I've been wanting to do the show for a while because I've been thinking about it. And I just, you know, I think as these things do. Which but- is my built-in disclaimer that you picked this show. That's fine. Whatever. Right, I'll take enough. it. They can thank me in the comments. <laughs> but we just watched, you know, what's being called as this summer's sleeper hit. It's a huge movie. It's gotten amazing reviews on, um, what is it? Rotten Tomatoes. Like, everybody who has seen this movie is just, like, in love with it. But Baby Driver. Have you uh, seen it? I thought you it? were going to say Boss Baby. Oh my god! <laughs> People are raving about People Boss are Baby. Raving about Boss Baby. <laughs> no, Baby Driver is yes. definitely. Uh, it has a ninety-four percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes, and an eight out of eight point two out of ten on IMDb, and Metacritic gave it an eighty-six. I mean, I didn't want to see this movie because number one, I hated the fucking name. I think the name is completely moronic. Like it's so stupid. Yes, absolutely. And you're telling me that like this awesome movie, this amazing movie that is like going to become like an epic car chase movie in, you know, in the canon of like Vanishing Point and Bullet and like you're telling me that this movie's called Baby Driver. Time will tell. Like you put that in some pretty fierce company just now. It dude, it was so good. It was really good, but you put that in some fierce well, company I do right love now. My, I do love me a car movie. Like I'm not going to lie, but like just the music, like it has everything. Because a lot of times like a car movie is like for a very small audience. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. for the people that like car movies, you know, like Vanishing Point is like, there's hardly any dialogue. Right. There's some really good songs, but like, it's just this guy in a car and the car chases. But like, this had like a plot that was really, really good. It had some, like, you know, Kevin Spacey's in it and he's just awesome. And then like, it had this like awesome car and then it just has this kid that listens to music and the soundtrack was really good. And it's just, and then there's love, like there's a love story to it as well. So like, it gets both sides of the aisle. Yeah, it's a pretty full plate of car driving movies. Yeah. For sure. And I feel like it's bringing back the genre, which we keep going back to, man. You could definitely see a pattern of, like, grindhouse feel, like, in things that are coming out right now. Yeah. Like, that fad is totally coming back yeah, around Yeah, it again. really is. Like, and, and I think, you know, you could just tell by, like, the success of, like, Blood Drive. I mean, it's, and Blood Drive has gotten so good over the com- last couple weeks, you know, since we first did our first show, did our show on it when it first came out. Like, you were so excited about it. And it's so good good and so original it's built up like it's it's like one of those shows where we watched the first couple of times we're like man it's a good show and now we're looking at it we're like going god damn it's turned into a great show yeah like i can't wait for wednesdays like i just get really excited that it's like wednesday night to watch it but yeah so you know with with baby driver being like you know i think you know it's going to be a summer blockbuster it's going to be up there maybe it won't be like the biggest one but you know, with that in mind, I just got to thinking about oh. some of the movies that, like, have shaped us. Because we both love movies. Like, we really, truly do love getting lost in the cinema, you know, and just watching movies. And I'm the kind of person that can watch things over and over and over. 
And I, I, the same movie, like I can watch the same I movie know. four days in a row and we will Boring. so get to that. It's always the big Lebowski, I feel like. Oh my God. I will always watch the bit. Like there are movies that you just can't turn off. And the big Lebowski is definitely one of them. Freaking HBO, man. Like every goddamn night, this big Lebowski on. It's like on every night. Do you really need to show it every night? Like, dude. I need to see what condition my condition is in, Tom. I understand that. I can, my condition is I can watch it like once, enjoy it a lot. Maybe a couple of days later again, still enjoy like, it. watch a couple minutes of it, yeah. Days later, give me a fucking break. Like, I needed right. some time off. Well, and I know, and, I, and I'm very in tune to that. Yes, well. But, so I got to thinking, you know, what are some movies that, like, really shaped who we are? You know, from the first movies that we might remember to, you know, just a movie that we love to the point where, like, if it's on cable or it's on anything, we're going to stop and watch it no matter how many times we've seen it, even if we saw it the night before. So with that in mind, Tom and I both brought to, literally brought to the table five movies that have shaped us and then one that we have in common. Yes. But we may have... We may have other, more. I don't know what you have on your list. Because we don't... We didn't talk to each other. Yeah. We sat silently next to each other while we were working, typing away furiously. Exactly. I mean, that's the way it should be. Like, I want to be surprised by your five picks. So, I mean... You're not going to be surprised. You're, they're so not going to be a surprise to you. Yours, Especially because you kept turning around and saying to me, like... Wait, what, what was that one? What are my <laughs> favorite movies? And I'd be like, is it this? You'd be like, oh, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, going, how do I know your favorite movies and you don't know your favorite movies? Come on now. But why don't you step us off, Tom? You want me to pick my first movie? I I, I do. I I do declare I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this movie is the very first movie I can remember. Okay. And it scared the shit out of me. And I think it is the movie that made me want to be afraid of movies going forward. And it just set things up. Like you want to be afraid as in like you like being scared? Like the movie's Frankenstein. The original, original Frankenstein. Okay. I remember being at my grandparents' house. I So vividly. I remember being at my grandparents' house in Brooklyn. And they had like almost like a railroad apartment. Mm-hmm. And in the front of the apartment was like living room. And, then and like a railroad, this... for those who don't know, is like an apartment that you have to walk through each room to get to the next one. Right. Like they're all connected and open. Right. So the first one is when you first walk in the door is like the living room. And then to the right is just windows because that's the outside wall. And to the left would be like their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of that is the kitchen. Okay. So... I'm in their bedroom. They're in a living room, but there was no door. Right. It was just like a wall, you know, like a small wall, but like a big opening. Right. So like a door. I would just sneak down and just like kind of sit down and watch when I was supposed to be asleep. Troublemaker. And I watched Frankenstein for the first time, and it freaked me out so bad. Not because Frankenstein was scary, but because it was like, holy crap, like that could happen. Like somebody can be brought back to life eventually and, you know, over time. And it just kind of, I think, set the pace for the things I was going to be interested in going forward. Like, you know, sci-fi, horror, like those sort of things. I feel like, like I said, it's the only movie I can really remember seeing as the very first movie. And it definitely left a mark on other things that I enjoy going forward. I could totally see that. Yeah, I could see how that would. Yeah. Yeah. So you, what do you got? Well, I this is not isn't on my list, but I have a similar thing with Dracula, and that's mm. why like I came to love like Dracula movies because I was sp- sneaky and like you know I yeah. snuck in and was spying on my family and they were watching Dracula and I think it was the shitty one with like Christopher Lee, which is shitty but awesome in its own right. Mm. And I remember being so scared that I couldn't go back to sleep, and my brother had to give me like these things called scapularies, which are like they're like. Like a, it's kind of like a necklace, like a religious necklace with like a paper, like with like just like a piece, like a picture of a saint on it. And he put that on my nightstand. He's like, don't worry, Dracula's not going to come and get you. Like, and I, he gave that to me. Like, so that's like, I remember like having a scary movie like that too. So I'm surprised you didn't house some garlic knots. <laughs> <laughs> I think even back then garlic bothered me. Oh, so that's not a question then. <laughs> but one of my earliest memories of movies is Smokey and the Bandit. 
Mm-hmm. And this movie, I really think, you know, I've always, like, we had, when VCRs first came out, yes, I'm old enough to, like, have, re- to remember when getting a VCR was the shit. And we had one that was humongous. And it, like, loaded on the top. And, you know, it was, like, the latest craze. It was, like, just, it was so expensive. And, like, I remember our friends had gotten, like, they had HBO or something like that. And they taped it. They taped Smokey and the Bandit on a VHS tape for us. And we had just this, like, VHS copy of Smokey and the Bandit when we first moved into our house, when we, like, built our house. And that's, and we would watch it over and over and over like the four of us as a family like we would just be like hey let's watch promoting a bandit and that's like the only time like I really remember like my family doing something like communally because like we would always just be in our own rooms like watching our own things because soon after that you know my brother was older and then like I got into my own thing so like this was like this one moment that was like that we shared together as a family and I think it really like cemented the fact that like I love car chase movies and I love men with mustaches. Like, Burt Reynolds, Tom Selleck. And you named your dog after yes, the movie, Yes, we too. watched it so much that, like, when we got our first dog, like, a couple weeks after we moved in, we, like, the house finished and we moved in, we got a beagle. And they're like, my parents were like, well, what are we going to name it? And both my brother and I said at the same exact time, Bandit. Like it was, the, it was the, it was just like, like what else would we call it? Yeah. Like looks, what else do you name a dog? <laughs> the dog looks just like Burt Reynolds, that furry little bastard. <laughs> oh my god, and he was such a bastard, but he didn't, he didn't laugh like Burt Reynolds, sadly. Mm. But I mean, it was just, and then Jackie Gleason, come on, I'm gonna punch your mama in the mouth. <laughs> see, I knew that was like one on your. I, see, I know most of your list because you're pretty. Uh, Predictable. You're pretty predictable. <laughs> My second movie, and this is predictable for you, I'm sure, is Planet of the Apes. Oh my God. You are like obsessed with Planet of the Apes, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, Planet of the Apes was kind of like a life changing thing two times. Why? Because Charlton Heston was such a good actor. <laughs> yeah, because he was such a good actor. And it's the original Planet of the Apes. I do love the new Planet of the Apes, like oh, all of the new good, ones. Yeah. They are fantastic. But growing up, like, the first time I saw Planet of the Apes, it was kind of like, man, like, who would have thought, like, the idea of time travel and interdimensional travel and things like that. And total world destruction. Yeah. And it was like, man. And the ending of it was just like, there is nothing like that surprise at the end. No. But, you know, it came from the mind of Rod Sterling who wrote it, who also wrote, like, The Twilight Zone and stuff Wait, like that. Wait, really? Yeah. Rod I never Sterling knew that. created Planet of the Apes. So when you look at it, you're like, of course this was going to be the ending. Like, we should have all we known seen it coming. that yeah. something <gasps> like this is coming out of the woodwork. So oh it was just God. fascinating how that story unfolded. That makes it so much better for me, too, because I do, like, we had a night where we watched all but the last one of like that era. Only because we ran out of time. And only because we, we were like, we were seriously like, I cannot, we were, we're all falling asleep. Yeah, it was like hour 16. And oh it's my like, God. all right, we really got to like. But that was such one. a fun night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it was fascinating, to, you know, just to learn about like, oh man, time travel and stuff like as a little kid. But then growing up um, a few years later and seeing it again and then researching it and realizing Man, there's like such a social commentary about like how people treat each other. Absolutely. And I mean, if you break it down and you just put people in place of apes, you're like going, man, it was um, such a strong message. Absolutely. For, you know, the time that it came out. Like it was, you know, like very pro, like, you know, treat each other right because this is what we're coming exactly. to at the end, yeah. you know? Yeah, like it, it's very, and it's it's timely. It's a story that's, you know, timely. And that's why, you know, the third one of the new, you know, regime is coming out. So, yeah. or Which, it is well, out. It, it is, is out. out. We yeah. got to get to we it. We really do. And then we're all caught up on all of them. So, yes. It'll be good. Well, awesome. Yes. What you got? <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> Dirty dancing. Ugh. Oh, my God. Patrick Swayze in tight pants is Johnny Castle. Forget about it. I mean, you know, add in a forbidden summer romance, an amazing soundtrack, and nobody puts baby in a corner, and I've had the time of my life. 
what is not to fucking love? Like, I mean, there's a reason that I stop everything that I'm doing when I see, when we click through the channels and that's on. Because it's just, I, w- I spent my entire, the entire summer of my 11th year watching that movie every single day. Oh, it that's is an just, awful summer. It wasn't. It was sheer magic. Like, it is sexy. It is so good. It's got these funny moments. And I mean, Patrick Swayze... It just doesn't get much better than that. It's weird that while these people were spending their summer dancing and having fun, you were sitting in your living room watching them. Because I had an active imagination and I lived in the middle of nowhere, so... Well, they were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but I didn't have, like, you know, I didn't have the South Lawn and, like, the canteen to go to. You didn't have some guy to come around and just knock you up. So you can like go and get it fixed. <laughs> you did not have that. That is bullshit. Everybody has that kind of guy roaming around. Fantastically, just sadly, I did not. <laughs> Every town has a guy who's willing to get somebody pregnant and then not take responsibility for it. Okay. Jesus Christ. Um, my next one, Star Wars. Oh my god. Star Wars the first one that came out which was now you have to say oh episode 4 because Oh god, don't even get into it. Of all the convolutedness of it. Nothing was like Star Wars when it came out. Like it changed everything. everything. Like and not just movie-wise. I mean even though like it was it like did, yeah. so cutting edge. I mean like, you know, I, you know, and when it came out, people were saying it's spaghetti western in space for the most part. Exactly, you know? yeah. It was also can be compared to like an opera the way it plays out. It's so over good. The, you know the first three, and then God knows what happens after that. But um, you know, the thing with Star Wars was it not only changed the movies, but it also made merchandising what it is today for movies. Oh yeah, like man. The only thing as exciting as going to see Star Wars the 16 times I saw it in the theater. <laughs> oh my God, no that's joke. Awesome. 16 times I saw it. The only thing more ex- as exciting as that would be to go to the stores whenever they would release the toys yeah. and just stock up on all of it. Oh yeah. My brother had the the Darth Vader like helmet that had like the, that the had the figures. foam with the little and the little yeah. figures went inside of it. Oh my god, I loved playing with Star Wars guys. Oh yeah, man. I still have from the first movie, Star Wars episode 1, the awful one. I have every single figure from that series oh still in the box. That's like, crazy. Wrapped. That's awesome though. But, like oh, yeah. yeah, that's so cool. I I loved Star Wars as a kid. Like we were very into it as kids. Um and, you know, because my brother was older and he was into it. And then I just got, like, you know, roped into it. And I just loved it. And plus, like, you know, there weren't a lot of movies like that. I mean, even going back into, like, the year that it came out, like, a woman, like, a strong female character in space was just so innovative. And Carrie Fisher was just a fucking queen. So Oh, yeah. And the effects, I mean, it made everybody push special effects yeah. to, oh, yeah. you know, it to make it what world. it is today. Yeah, it totally changed the world. All right, so that's that's mine. All right, well, speaking of another movie yes. of the same era oh, that changed the world. I know it already. The first summer blockbuster. <laughs> I've been fascinated by sharks, you know, my entire life. And I have seen Jaws a thousand times, you know, and I've talked before, you know, in our summer show where, like, we always went to the beach as kids. So I was always fascinated by the ocean. And sharks are just so magnificent and they're just so fascinating that these like prehistoric creatures are still roaming the waters and it's like oh my god like I love shark movies and I hate horror movies like I am a chicken shit but like (laughs) Jaws I have seen every single Jaws like at least 37 million times and you know the terror that Spielberg was able to portray with a malfunctioning mechanical shark that he named Bruce after his lawyer has made me scared of any body of water in the dark, including a pool, which I know a shark could never be in a pool. You don't know. But you don't know. You don't. You don't know. Somebody could be fucking with you and like put a shark in there after the sun goes down and you're not going to know it. Have you never watched Saturday Night Live? There's a land shark for <laughs> Christ's sake. Like seriously, you can't get away from a <laughs> land can't. shark. You can't get away from a pool shark. Gonna shark's going to get you. Bring it. Bring the Sharknado. 
<laughs> Candy Graham. Oh, God, no. But it's, I mean, it's no wonder that this movie was considered, you know, the first, like, summer blockbuster with the cast, John Williams' score, just the tension, the little Kittner boy. Oh. Yeah, they made lemonade out of the lemons that they were yeah. dealt to start that project, but, man. But, like, that changed everything. So, like, if something isn't working, you ha- like you can't just walk away from the movie. And, like, the shark literally worked, like, once. And it was the scene with the bigger boat. Like, when he comes out, like, that's, like, the one scene where, like, the shark actually worked when he was supposed to. <laughs> because the salt water was ruining, the like, the mechanics of him. So, like, you took that and you made one of the scariest movies into amazingness. Yeah. Like, that's all that I got. (laughs) And seriously, I think it was because of that that pushed Lucas. Like, I feel like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas basically owned Summers. In the 70s, yeah, in the late 70s. 70s, even into the 80s. Like, they owned Summer, man. Like, it was always like one of them was going to put out something. It's going to be Star Wars. It's going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's going to be... Closing counters. It's gonna be, yeah. you know, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be something huge. Like you just knew every summer something big something was, was coming. Happen. Yeah, between yeah, exactly. those two guys, and they pushed themselves to like the the furthest anyone has ever pushed. Exactly, exactly. Oh, is so it you're me? up now, yeah. Well, let's see. What do I have here? Okay, the next one is the first. <laughs> X-rated movie that I have ever seen in my life, <laughs> and I the first knew, of many. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have seen it, but after I saw it, and again, I think it's the message of the movie where it's like, "On man, we have the ability to control people, and by doing that, like we might be fucking ourselves up, like trying to make a better world." And that would be a Clockwork Orange. Oh my god. Like, A Clockwork Orange, man, was just another one of those movies where it's like, this is a social experiment. Mm-hmm. And, that, and it's this whole time frame, like, you know, Planet of the Apes, Clockwork Orange, these kind of movies, like, all came out. They were out. turbulent times, yeah. Yeah, and they, and they touched on, like, how do you approach crime? How do you approach, you know, diversity? Deviism, how do you, yeah. You know, like, all these different things. And... Um, I don't know, man. A Clockwork Orange just really, really stuck out. Like after I saw it the first time, to the point where I read the book. And, and the you don't read, and he does not. Tom is not a reader. This book was, or is still, probably not one of the easier books to read because there's so much made-up language in the book that in the back of the book there's, there's a, a dictionary, <laughs> yeah, on like what the words mean. So like if you read past the word and you're like, I have no idea, yeah. and you go to the back of the book, oh, it's made up. But sometimes you could just read it in context and, and realize, out, okay, yeah. this is what it is. But I mean... No, that is... A, yeah, I remember the first time I saw it and it was just like... It, like you you were fascinated like you couldn't help but be fascinated but you couldn't help but be disgusted as well and like it just I just remember it was like a little orange cloud that was like over me for a, a couple days just because it was like processing what you saw but my god what a fantastic Kubrick film plus it was also one of those first movies where you felt for the bad guy in the end like, a little bit, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of say that, but then I was like, no, no, I'm no, not gonna you, say it. But you, you do, can't, yeah. because you're just like, oh man, this guy is just like a freak, man. Like for the whole movie, and then when they transform oh, him, eyes, oh. and he gets the shit beat out of him, and he can't do anything about it except for throw up. You're like, oh man, yeah. it's like now I feel bad for this guy, and when he gets turned back again you're kind of like cheering him on like go and fuck shit up now man like seriously and then you're right. like rooting for the evilness that people right. do of course yeah like i'm always like a big thing for you know like like dracula like i always root for dracula like i always root for like some bad guys sometimes because society kind of sucks sometimes well that's it all bad guys even bad guys have like some kind of redeeming quality about them i mean we talked about this even with game of thrones like once in a while you look at it and you're like going man i don't want to root for any lannister but (laughs) jamie lannister i mean there are points where he's not that bad of a guy he just likes banging his sister right and killing kings and killing kings but he the king king deserved it though so i mean that doesn't count i know all right onward so going with my theme of car movies, you know, from 
from Smoking the Bandit. Do you think? Do you have an idea of what I'm about to say? Oh, I can only guess. Is it Vanishing Point? <laughs> no, it's not. Really? It's not. And I really struggled with saying Vanishing Point because I personally think that Vanishing Point is a better movie. Mm-hmm. But Bullet... Oh, yeah, you do love Bullet. They don't make them like Steve McQueen anymore, and they sure as hell don't make them like a 1968 Mustang GT Fastback. Yeah, that call was pretty badass. I mean, the movie, like, I'm I'm the first to say, like, Steve McQueen is, like, he port- he is so fucking cool. He doesn't say a lot, but he gets so much through the screen, like, over- through the screen, but, like... It was just like the sound of the car, the green of the car. You know, his blue eyes in the rearview mirror, like bef- as they're going down the hilly streets of San Francisco, which I went to San Francisco and stood where <laughs> and went to the apartment that he lived at in the movie and had my picture taken at the street sign because I loved this movie so much. I was so excited. Like the whole reason I went to San Francisco was to get my picture taken on the corner of Clay and Taylor where he lived, like where he was walking in the apartment with his groceries and like his freezer his um you know frozen dinners but like it's the one of the most iconic movie car chases in cinematic history and it's just it's so crazy like it's so fucking good and it's just steve mcqueen see it steve mcqueen there you have it that's your (laughs) that's your review what else needs to be said really outside of steve mcqueen it's fast and furious without being douchey oh Oh. sick burn Take that, Vin Diesel. Shots fired, Vin, you bitch. <laughs> Good God. Poor Vin Diesel. He's not catching a break these He's days. He's a bitch. Shut up. All right, whatever. Um, My last one, before we get to the one that we both agree on. Yes. This, you want to take a guess? Oh, that's I don't a lot know. of I don't air. know. Like, I, do, I don't know. Logan's Run. You know, I was going to say, I'm surprised if Logan's Run was not on your list. Yes, of course Logan's Run is going to be on my list. I believe that we're at a point in this world where maybe that's not such a bad thing. Like giving people a timer? Giving people a timer. Just be like, you know what, man? Even if you do your term politically or something like that, it has everything has to come to an yeah. end. But knowing maybe forced people to do more good. But it could also yeah. turn around and also make people say, like, fuck it, I'm dead in you know, a couple of years anyway. I might as well do something bad. So I guess it could be like a double-edged yeah, it sword. Could be. But um, the idea of Logan's Run. Um, sanctuary. Uh, sanctuary. Just saying, like, all right, this is how much resources we have. This is, you know, the amount of people we can keep alive and comforted mm-hmm. for you know for the rest of time if everything stays running smooth on the sacrifice of everybody just giving up life after you know i think it was age 31 30 i think it was 30, 30 yeah then you know is it such a bad idea i mean if everybody lives peacefully and has food and has shelter and has everything else i mean like give someone else a turn and right i mean like you can live well beyond for a lot of people can live well beyond their means sure in this utopia like you know space i don't know man it just seems like that idea has always stuck with me since seeing that movie yeah. and i was just like oh man this this movie has some substance to it it's a very good movie like it is a very very good movie and michael york is just amazing in it and just the thought like just the, just the concept of it and like you know sanctuary has this idea of like a place that you go but it doesn't really like does it exist does it not exist is is it heaven is it you know what i mean like it's just it's a very interesting social commentary for sure yeah and it's just strange how people are fighting to get out of a place you know I mean, we're all going to die at some point. Right, right. So, I mean, at least, you know, you know that you can be comfortable until that point and you can be satisfied right. with your you life until that point. You don't need for anything. You don't right. want for anything. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you're escaping into a whole nother set of problems. Right. So, is it worth that, you know, that flight to get to where you need to be to get what you supposedly call freedom, which is basically going to just right. have even more restrictions on you by the time it's all said and done. Sure. So. I see that. So that's my five. I thought it was either going to be Logan's Run or Xanadu. 
<laughs> which I did not put on my list either. Look, man. It, but Xanadu is just a Xanadu it's, it's is a just yeah. It's it's just like a weird addiction. It like is. if I'm gonna get fucked up on a weekend, Xanadu is going on. Xanadu. Usually. Okay, so, I mean, well then, <laughs> you've set it in stone, and now that's gonna be a thing. Because I'm like always... it hasn't been a thing. How many times have we seen Xanadu? Like, like a thousand seriously? times. No With joke. our laser machines on, it's fabulous. Yes, we do. We do zhuzh it up when we watch <laughs> Xanadu for sure. We do. Well, my last movie is a movie that has been in my, whose lines have been in my daily lexicon since 1992. Oh, Christ. Do you know what it is? Wayne's World. You goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) Showing. Oh, God. I know it inside and out, every single part. I watch it and I just talk through it because I just mouth the words with everybody else. It, you know, it has everything. Like, this was, like, the epitome of, like, my teenage years. Because I was, like, 14 or 15 when it came out. You know, Wayne and Garth were from, like, when SNL was, like, in my mind, the greatest that it ever was. Because it was so funny because it had all of these guys on it. And just, it was so good. It has the great music from the era. There's street hockey. The script's one-liner. Street hockey? You got me. (laughs) (laughs) And Gretzky is denied. Like, Everything is just so funny in this movie. I love this movie with every ounce of my being. I know you do. (laughs) And I just, that's it. Was it hard for you to choose between that, Bill and Ted's, and Anchorman? No, because as much as I love those, as much as I love Bill and Ted and Anchorman, like Wayne's World is just like, I hear... Bohemian Rhapsody, like when it comes up on my iPod, or on my iPod shuffle. Oh, my comes, iPod. You know those up. have been discontinued. I know, I know. The senior citizen of uh, <laughs> when 2017. When it comes up on my phone, like on shuffle, I just like, my friend and I would reenact Bohemian Rhapsody scene, like complete with like the Twizzlers and like the headbanging and oh my God, like shit. All right. Well, there you have it. So much of my quotes, like so much of the things that I say on a daily basis are from that movie. I know. (laughs) You're welcome. Oh, thanks. I forgot to thank you for that. (laughs) So um, what about our joint movie now? Our joint movie. The bonus movie that we both agreed on has got to be a (laughs) defining movie for both of us. It is, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not like, there's a reason that it is the greatest movie of all time and has been for more than 70 fucking years. And of course, we're talking about Citizen Kane. Of course, we're talking about like, Citizen what Kane. Else? And it's so strange to think that the movie itself had so much controversy surrounding it when it came out. Mm-hmm. And here we are, so many years later, and we are basically living the same thing. <laughs> like, it is literally the same thing where, you know, Private people are, you know, in fights with the press and, you know, and I guess, what is it, media transparency and all of those things. I mean, it touched on that way before it turned into this. Right, of course. And I mean, and, you know, as a journalist, you know, this movie is, it has the perfect hook. You know, this guy is on his deathbed. He says the word rosebud and like this firestorm like what does he mean what's this and like so you were like what did what did charles foster kane mean was it a woman was it a place what was it and just like this just how like the flashbacks are told and how his rise to power and i mean he was based on you know um what's his name oh my god William Randolph Hearst, you know, Charles Foster Kane was based on William Randolph Hearst. And there's yellow journalism and there's like love kind of and tragedy and like just it's such a magnificent movie. And my the the most poignant part for me was when Charles Foster Kane says, can you ever really judge? a?" I think I don't think I think there's more than one word that can describe a man's life. And it's like, no, there fucking isn't (sighs) like how Rosebud and you're just like, Oh my God. Because even no matter how many times we've still seen that, like when you see that end scene and you realize what Rosebud is, you're just blown away. Yeah, because no one's expecting that. Like your favorite memory is one that you had so early on in life. And that was as good as it's got. Even through all the riches and everything that you got to do, none of that mattered compared to just being on your sled, man. Yeah. 
So. Oh, my God. Oh, it gives me chills every time I think about it. And it's just, it's such a good movie. And I think that it should just be required watching for anybody, especially in this bullshit that we're living in right now. Yeah. And it's crazy that they keep on playing certain movies. Like I said, Big Lebowski playing over and over and over on HBO. It's like going, you know, maybe you should put like some of these socially conscious movies Mm -hmm. from years past and just say, look, man, history is repeating itself. We don't want to go down this road again. Right. Like, you know, just see like all of these things are leading up to what it once was. Absolutely. There we have it. So there's our five movies that shaped us and our one bonus movie. That everyone should see You're in Citizen Kane. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. Now, should we get to a roly-poly-roly? I think we could squeeze a short roly-poly-roly in. Alrighty. Um, so, let's just play that music. Roly-poly-roly. Roly-poly-roly. So, this week... So, Mr. Potts Ambassador, where are we? The Potts Ambassador. The Potts Ambassador has spoken. That's right. I prefer you don't call me the Potts Ambassador. Potts Ambassador. The Pot- <laughs> the, same thing. The Potts Ambassador until we get sessions, like, away from his ruling. <laughs> like, don't call me that. People would be knocking on the door being like, we're looking for the Potts Ambassador in Harlem. Yeah, okay. It could be any one of these apartments. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. DEA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um... Yeah, well, let's see. This week was kind of a weird week in that it was time to renew some of the scripts. And, you know, as we had mentioned last week, the pots might have been brought on by a series of things, which we know for a A fact. series of unfortunate events. Right. So it was like surgeries, infections, so on and so on. One of the things that came out of that before the pots took, you know, control or started to take control... Right was this whole kidney stone issue that had happened. It was Mm -hmm. like the last straw that broke the camel's back. And one of the things that the urologists prescribed was um, a medicine that basically is, it it helps for your body not to produce so much uric acid. Okay. Um, Which does what? Uric acid is what's basically crystallizing and then that's what's what making the stones. stones. Okay. So, um, you know, he w- he provided a script for preventative medicine that I was supposed to be on for six months. And, you know, the first four months of it or three months of it, whatever it's been, um, the medicine was like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's kind of like, look, man, 20 bucks a month to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to be peeing out yeah. pieces of glass. Totally worth it, especially the way things are now. Right. But this week, I asked if you can run out and pick up my medicine for me. I've really, not just this week, but like I've totally turned into your drug meal. You did. Let's you just did. Let's just get that out there. Okay. Which is ironic considering I played a jackass in my nativity. I played the jackass. I played <laughs> a did. donkey. No, no, you were right the first time. Oh, yeah. Time. I played, you know, I method performed as donkey in my school's nativity play. And as a jackass in everyday life. So please. Eeyaw, eeyaw. <laughs> self-professed mind you so i don't get in trouble for that one you said it first so anyway so you went to the store to pick up my meds sure did and how much was the 20 dollars medication this month 112 clams how in the hell does this medicine jump from 20 dollars to 112 dollars Thanks, Obama. <laughs> nothing, seriously, nothing yeah, has changed. And I don't really know, like, what has changed. But I mean. Did I'm, you call them? I still have to call them. Work has been crazy, crazy busy this week. Work sure. really has been crazy this week. But I mean, I have to call them, find out the reason why. But I'm wondering, like, what's the average cost for, like, a person who has the same medical conditions I have? Like, is that normal for something to jump up a hundred bucks in medication? And is it going to be like after a certain amount of time does it go? Is it something where all my medicines that are scripts yeah. going to go? I don't up know. In That's price? a phone call like, that you should have had the, like this week. Like, but I'm talking it out on the air <laughs> oh, okay. because I feel like it's it's just a strange thing, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who walked into the drugstore expecting to pay twenty and was. 
banged Bombarded, with 112 yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that, who was expecting that ever? Sure. I mean, never even came close to that price. No, that is ridiculous. So. And like things haven't even changed yet. So I like, you know, yeah. we still like nothing is supposed to have changed yet. Right. So it's strange that that it's has suspect. happened. So, you know, that's one thing that happened this week. The other thing that happened this week was um, you made way more of a big deal out of it than I did. But. Because I, you thought you were going to come in on the fucking radar and that I wasn't going to notice. <laughs> but it looks a lot better today. It does look a lot better today. So I fell again and I hit a corner of a wall. Like, you know, like a corner of a wall. Like the molding. You hit the molding. Is that what happened? No, like the literal corner of the wall, like where the wall turns yeah, from like, like where it straight turns. to okay. turn. And, you know, there's like that edge there. And that's when I fell, when I passed out and I fell, I landed face first into that thing. I wound up getting like, I don't know, just like a tiny black eye and like a scratch on the knee. Yeah, like it was like blood. Like it was like. I didn't even realize it, honestly. Like I when I saw it in the beginning, I was like, oh, wow. And then I forgot all about it because falling down is, you know, like. It's every a, it's, other week, it's your thing week, now. Yeah. every other week, whatever. This is not uncommon. This is what POTS is. Get used to it. So, you know, you come home after that night and you're like, what happened to your face? And I'm like, oh, shit. And then I look and I'm like, all right, it's a little worse than what I thought it was. But still, whatever. What are you going to do? In researching it and also as a suggestion from the doctor um, in talking to him when I was at the Mayo Clinic, one of the suggestions was to get what is called an assistance dog, which is almost like a service dog, but they do like other things. It's not like just getting a dog and being like, going, okay, well, you know, mm -hmm. I'm here to take care of you. This dog gets trained in a way where if you fall, he sits next to you and just doesn't let anybody fuck with you while you're out, which right. is one of the biggest concerns. Right, of course, because that's why, you know, I, I worry about when you have to go to doctor's appointments and, you know, and I can't go with you because I worry, like, if you get up too fast from sitting on a train and you black out, like, what's going to, what are people going to do? Because right. people in New York, like, they either do one of, like, three things. They, somebody may be kind and call 911. Somebody might just step over you and move on because they don't want to get involved. And then other people might just be like, okay, I'm going to check your wallet, you know? Right. So, you know, there's a lot of factors to worry about. And like I told you, like, you know, when I had my weight, and again, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not that, I'm glad I'm not 303 pounds anymore and in the 170 pound range now. But I feel so much smaller mm -hmm. than I did. When I was bigger, I used to just be like, I could pretty much take on everything. Right now, I know I can't. Like, I, I see my limits now because of my size. Because at 303 pounds, you're one of the biggest people around usually. At right. 170 pounds, you are no longer the biggest person around. And, you know, like I said, my fear is going out. I, I can do 11 minutes worth of mm -hmm. exercise a day. And that could be a walk. But... If I passed out in that 11 minutes on the street, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I feel like if I had an assistance dog that would just sit next to me and not allow anybody to approach me, that would say, okay, now I don't feel worried about leaving the house if this thing is tied to me. So you see what's happening here is Tom and I are having a conversation that most couples have when one of them wants to have children. And... I want a dog more than anything in this world. Like, I had a dog growing up. I loved him. He was the light of my goddamn life. And I miss him every single day. But, you know, it's it's tough living in the city having a dog. But, you know, we've really been talking about it. And my only concern is, like, when you do, you know, go out, because you are going to have to take him for walks when I'm at work. Mm -hmm. And I'm worried about, you know, you going out and blacking out and like what if you drop the leash and he runs away like what if because dogs get easily distracted I don't care how great a service dog he is and I know that they're trained so well by so many different you know organizations like nonprofits. like I'm, I'm talking to one now that is just amazing the work that they do for people with disabilities and things like that but like dogs do get sidetracked sometimes so like I'm just worried like if something happens, 
Well, I think that's the main thing. I think especially in the city, because there's so many distractions. Like, I think that the most important thing is, is that, you know, the leash has got to be tied to you somehow. Yeah. Like, that goes And I mean, I'm sure saying. that, like, we'd learn what to do with that when it comes down to it. But, I mean... I think that it would be I think it would be great. I would love nothing more than to have a dog, you know, but you're well, killing these smalls. Just something that we're looking into. Yeah. And that's it. So I mean, as far as the roly poly rorty segment, I mean these are the only two things that's really happening this week. So you know. Yeah. Tommy took a tumble and Tommy wants a dog. Maybe. I wanna land on something soft and you gotta go to work during the days, so it's not like you're around to like land on Oh thanks. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but Whatever. we did but we I did give you a talking to and I said that like you need to give yourself a minute because I watch you and you jump up because you feel like and you've put this to me because you feel normal and you feel good when you're laying down because once you're like sitting in a spot or laying down you're comfortable things are fine right. and like you feel you're like yourself again but th- so then that mentally makes you feel like you're better and then when it's time to get up or like go answer the door or something like that you forget you forget and you just start moving so like you need to just stand up and stand for just a minute one minute i know but that's the weird thing about pots is that you don't feel pain so it's not like I feel pain right, and it's like, no. oh, I got to remember to do this. Like when the doorbell rings, it's just reactionary. I it's- know that. I know that. And it's the same thing for me. You know, like, you know, the, the, the buzzer goes and it's like, oh, shit, you jump up. And then like my foot's bothering me. So it's like, yeah. you know, you just have to take a second, like just take a second and just acclimate to the height and then move. Because when you do, when you're mindful of that, it does get a, I mean, obviously it's not every time, but like most of the time, if you stand up and you hold onto the chair for a second, you're able to just equalize and then move about the cabin. Yes. Well, yeah. And it lasts for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's enough crashing. (laughs) But so that's it. That's, um, that's roly poly roly for this week. Can we play the music? Yeah, go ahead. All right. You never asked my permission for anything. Well, I guess I never, I'm one. never expecting a positive answer, I guess, is what it oh, is. Oh, because I'm such a horrible wench. Well, somebody's got to be the bad cop. If you would like to learn more about Nikki's law-abiding ways, <laughs> <laughs> her dictatorship that happens around here, um, check out the High Regard Show website at highregardshow.com. And you can always write to us with questions, comments, or, you know, send us money for our by a service dog um, fun to <laughs> highregardshow at gmail.com. And you could always find us on social media as High Regard Show. Yeah, you can. Well, everybody, that does it for us for another week, and we will catch up with you again next week, same time. Same Bork Bork channel. There you have it. All right, everybody, good night. Bork Bork. Bork 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 Bork. Bye. Bork. Bye. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can be done? Are we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm he's pound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal, some never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out, cause we gotta run to make. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana. And we'll bring it back no matter what it takes. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just watching.